0: the u film club podcast i'm your host harrison hall and today i have rowan toll and sam near
1: hello hello everybody
0: uh today we're going to be talking about the 2018 panos cosmatos film mandy which we got two mandy scholars with us here today yeah i do indeed uh, <laughs> So before we get in the movie, Rowan, you were really excited to pull it up. This has been months in the making, actually. It Um, has. (laughs) In the abstract, is there anything in particular that made you want to bring this beauty up?
2: Man, I mean i've always kind of been a fan of Nicolas cage obviously uh and you know what's better than a Nicolas cage movie where he takes like insane like mind-bending lsd and just kills a bunch of people you know it's just it's kind of a great twisty weird movie with lots of pretty colors and cool visuals and yeah it's just a funky film i don't know i love it yeah yeah, Sam.
1: Uh... I, I mean, I I love Nicolas Cage a lot, and I think that was part of what drew me to the movie, but I also just saw a lot of pictures from it and thought it was a cool concept. Not i by no means a Nicolas Cage expert. I've seen almost 15 of his movies. <laughs> I didn't finish National Treasure. Oh, that's a tragedy. And it's just they were in the church, and they found the hole in the wall, and... I just didn't really care at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can't call yourself a cage head until you finish National Treasure.
2: It is a national treasure, that movie.
1: Well, I'm here anyway, so. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies, and I think there's not a single miss performance-wise from anyone in it. Oh yeah. Uh, I think everyone, that's probably my biggest uh, thing I appreciate about it is that I think everyone nails what they're supposed to be doing, and it... All blends very well together. Man, true that. It's a very small cast. It's only like, I think it's like 19 if you include both the animals the tiger, the tiger,
2: yeah. uh, Carruthers' dog. Wait, who was the guy that played, like, the cult leader? I'm trying uh, to remember um, the name. Minus yeah, because yeah. I remember, like, when I first saw this movie, I didn't recognize him at all. And then I realized that he played King Eckbert in one of my favorite TV shows, Vikings. Oh. Oh, and okay. I was like, such a strange connection. I was like, oh, I guess he's now, like, one of the, uh, what does it, Nicolas Cage called him? Jesus Freaks. Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, was a Jesus, Jesus Freak in some like, <laughs> <laughs> some, like, psychedelic, like, LSD movies. Like, season man. he's got range i'll <laughs> tell you that he's got range
0: yeah. i've really been meaning to get to this one for a long time myself i i'd consider myself be something of a cage head <laughs> many years but uh this one was always a missing feather in my cap so it was good to take it down um you guys just want to go into this like scene by scene basically now or yeah sure, sure. yeah right. let's yeah. do it so the movie like opens um on a needle drop from King Crimson, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Stores. Yeah. Yeah, okay, it's so my bad. It starts on a needle drop from uh, King Crimson, Starless. Yeah. And we basically just go through the woods.
1: Well, it and... opens before that actually starts. There's a little quote. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, yes, a little poem. About... Uh, you should read it. Yeah, I'll look it up real quick. It really is a work of art. I love the opening to this film. It's so good.
1: Yeah, it says... When I die, bury me deep, lay two speakers at my feet, wrap some headphones around my head, and rock and roll me when I'm dead. And it, we, they, they show that little message with uh, kind of a guitar. I'm yeah. not a music guy, so I don't know exactly yeah. what this guitar is doing. It's just going... Very Whatever that is.
2: It's a metal movie. Yeah. It's very much kind of a rock and roll sort yeah. of picture. yeah. With... Not a lot of rock and roll soundtrack.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it
2: has it captures the vibe of it. Oh, like yeah. for me, like oh, the yeah. visuals of the film resemble a lot of like album covers. Yeah, from yeah. that period of time, which I thought was like really cool inspiration as far as like what the film looks like.
0: But yeah, okay. So first, like twenty minutes or so, let's say it's very light on the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, I think the King Crimson needle drop is really effective in the sense that. As we go through everything, it very much is playing out like a visual concept album. You know, we see him in the woods; he's a logger. Nick Cage, yeah. uh, his character Red, a is a logger, God. and we see him with the chainsaw cutting trees down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. the The movie's just beautiful too. Like yeah. it, it, it instantly, you know, it just, feels different from anything else. Yeah, it that's washes like put over out today. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for an indie film shot on digital, I mean,
2: you know, it's, it was it's shot on digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah, I so thought it was like, shot on film. Yeah, so that's oh like that's ins- you know that's inspiring wow. in
0: the sense that like yeah no. You got I a good totally camera. You, a can, you can make movie. a Mandy looking movie. Damn! All right, inspired. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Eventually, you know, we get over to, um, you know, his house where yeah. we meet his girlfriend. Well, I will Manny. add real quick.
1: Oh. Uh, on the, when he's leaving the woods, uh, there's a seat, there's, I think he's either in a helicopter or a car. I think he's a
2: helicopter. Of,
1: yeah. Well, one of his coworkers offers him a drink from what looks like beer or liquor yeah. or something. And he rejects it at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Um, but we, we see him, like, he smokes cigarettes, but there's, I, I it doesn't really say if, he doesn't talk about his alcohol use that much but it comes up later in the movie yeah but as of right now he's he's saying no to that bottle heading home to his girl yeah, i all, think he's yeah. in
2: a happy place in his life oh, so yeah. he's kind of like i don't really need alcohol to like be happy but as we see later on that yeah. quickly changes
0: <laughs> yeah for sure and also while he's driving home there's kind of like he's listening to the radio and we get a little bit of like you know the 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 movie's set in nineteen eighty three, yeah. so we get a little mm-hmm. bit of satanic panic. Ronald the, Reagan gets the
1: first line in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> oh. that's true.
0: Famous actor Ronald Reagan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. no. So Nick Cage's life is happy, very much. This is a uh, movie's very blissful for like almost twenty to thirty minutes, I'd say. And we meet Mandy and. Um, mm-hmm. Just we see her like artwork that she's mm-hmm. creating, and it's just warm colors washing all yeah. over the screen, crossfading between each other, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. Um She
1: smokes weed.
2: Yeah, yeah. they talk about their favorite planets. It's such yeah. a good time. I, the weed
1: shot in the biz—they call that an establishing shot. <laughs> <laughs> establishes that Mandy. She she's Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And also tells. The viewer that the movie Mandy may also be very quiet <laughs> Right, all talking to you.
0: that planet talk. I thought it was interesting. You know, kind of eats plants. <laughs> oh, it's got the impression. Uh, yeah, Mandy. They're in the caves. They're just talking about their favorite planets. Um, Mandy's is Neptune because it's like a hurricane that.
2: I think, yeah. Jupiter. I think it's Jupiter. Or yeah. Jupiter? My bad. Yeah, yeah, because like the Jupiter. red, what's I don't the, know, uh, my the red eye, like the storm. The red dot. Yeah, the, the red storm. dot. It's like it swallowed the whole earth. Right. It's like a whole right. thing. Yeah.
1: But
0: when, you know, it's a hurricane that consumes the planet and mm-hmm. just spreads outwards and outwards and outwards. And it's red.
1: Yeah. And it's red. red. Mm-hmm. So. And his name is Red.
0: Yeah, ah, perhaps see
2: the connections perhaps <laughs> beginning to
0: you know emotionally symbolic for something mm-hmm. who knows when, yeah uh Nick Cage is just Saturn because
1: mm-hmm. it's got a ring I guess yeah yeah. he thinks it's cool but then he changes his-
0: <laughs> 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 yeah Galactus <laughs> from saying, the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four yeah eats planets. East Planets
1: Eats Planets destroys them yeah yeah
0: I'd say Mandy's very much the, you know, the protagonist that we follow for a solid chunk of the the movie. movie. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we get her walking through the woods again. It's more stark color choice. It's just, like, green, and she stumbles upon, like, a dead baby deer in the forest.
1: Oh, Oh, there's a scene before that. Oh, there's uh, a scene before that. So after they're talking about the planet, it sort of transitions into this uh, very... Beautiful view of the lake. Right. Oh, I love that. There's scene. like the colors yeah. are kind of distorted, and they're just hanging out on the boat. The water is very blue. Yeah. Trees have kind of a greenish yellow tint to them. Yeah. So yeah. It, it is sort of a psychedelic feel, and then it transitions into night. Red, who Nicholas Cage's character, he's sitting at a fire, uh, smoking a cigarette, and then Mandy walks out of the lake in the darkness. Yeah. Uh, completely nude. The the is very modest about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But which which I appreciate.
2: I <laughs> also is that that's the scene where like the Mandy's theme really starts to kick in. Oh, the yeah. soundtrack yeah. uh for this film, by the way, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like it is such a beautiful, beautiful yeah. soundtrack. And I think it's from the guy, the composer. I don't it's know how to a pronounce Johann his name. Yeah, wasn't this like his one of his last yeah, I think scores? So. Because he died like the year that this movie
1: came out. So this is one of the last things that right. he actually created. Yeah. Um. And when she exits the water, he, red seems frozen and just kind of yeah. stares her down, and his mouth kind of hangs open. Yeah. And it's just very much like he's taking in this moment of just watching her walk out of the water yeah. and sit down in front of him and look at him he seems completely transfixed by her yeah um and that that imagery is that's yeah.
2: what level do to yeah yeah yeah
1: sure yeah.
0: yeah the soundtrack it's very ambient yeah I mean, it almost never stops I mean it does stop for some scenes but it's generally like pretty persistent throughout the movie and yeah. I think it definitely helps the flow of it it's a very stream of consciousness yeah you know dreamlike experience
1: yeah it makes everything feel very personal and right. important and just like the world's changing around yeah no it's it's, it's
0: it's definitely a very subjective sort of film uh, yeah but
1: um and then it goes to the wood scene you're yeah about. yeah the woods yeah.
2: the stillborn
1: deer yeah which i for- thought for so long i thought it was a dinosaur like i <laughs> i get it, it, like it looks like a this is not doesn't work for the podcast but i saw baby dinosaur oh my god yeah
0: i guess i'm a little of, bit a i guess philosophy.
1: yeah I thought it was a dinosaur i thought the, the dinosaur was dead it's the end of an era. Yeah. End of era
2: i mean they do say i i do think it's kind of funny that when they introduce like the year that the film takes place it's 1983 and then a.d like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a film describe, like, a year in the 20th century and then, like, A.D. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems very yeah. sort of removed from, like, planet Earth in a way. Like, kind of like a, a point of time that has become its own reality. Yeah. And it's, like, really interesting in that way because his... Uh, uh, Cosmodo's other film, Beyond the Black Rainbow, also takes place in 1983. Yeah. So there's kind of this, like, link between the two films. Some people have even argued that, like they take place in the same, like, sort of, like, world. Like, it's kind of a shared universe, okay. which is
1: really interesting. Would that, like, actually mean anything? If
2: it, was, it, or... it could. I, I don't want to talk too much about Beyond okay, the okay, Black okay, Rainbow because okay, okay. we're talking about Mandy here, but mm-hmm. if you do end up watching that film, you will notice that there are several different kind of connecting points. Uh, okay. They're subtle, but they're there.
0: Mm. Uh, after the baby deer scene, I mean, mm. Mandy's incredibly distraught, and it mm. kind of cuts to back home, cuddled up with Red, and she tells a story from her childhood about her father, like... Killing stuff Yeah, having, like, yeah. a bag full of birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm gonna show you how to kill these birds. Yeah. And he'd beat them into the ground, and yeah. there were holes in the ground.
1: She was with uh, their friends, and... All her friends participated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she couldn't she do it. She couldn't do it.
0: Which, Andrea is nailing it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's all yeah. one shot, that story. Yeah. Yeah, I know that monologue is and really good. I think it's... it's Nicholas K. ends for with a... Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Cuddles her up. It's a bit more affectionate than I said it. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. One
0: of those scenes is just way more tragic in retrospect, I guess. You know, sort of Mandy's compassion versus, you know, what... Red is about to become, I guess.
1: Yeah, um, right. well, For these establishing scenes, uh, they're living in this house in the woods and it very much seems like a place of safety that they've kind of retreated to. Yes. And Mandy's here all day while Red was off doing his, his job as a, as a logger. Um, and then comes back and it just they spend the whole day with each other. It just seems like a beautiful sanctuary It's a cool-looking house, too. Yeah, like it's yeah. a place that you'd love to hang out.
2: It's a cozy-looking um, place. Yeah
1: Yeah, so these people are kind of living in in a sanctuary in, in bliss right now
2: feels very Pacific Northwest Like yeah, it's it is, yeah, yeah,
1: it is it just like it's so funny because
2: uh, like watching this film and living like in the Pacific Northwest it kind of like especially me like having a cabin like in the Cascades and mm. kind of like going there especially in the winter time there were a lot of shots that just reminded me of like my childhood yeah. yeah a little bit yeah
0: right so i don't know i'd say this is kind of the end though of the cozy part of the movie when might daughter- already <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it, the last, yes. like, real quiet moment that we have. Yeah,
0: we kind of, we go through, I wouldn't call it act one, but yeah, it's it, it's very light on plot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and It's just, all these emotions, you know, are just so apparent through the colors, and it's yeah. great.
2: It's a very sensory experience. Yeah. Like, the whole film feels like it relies less on, like, the plot and the dialogue, and just, like, completely builds this like aesthetic value that you kind of can just immerse yourself in like it's a very immersive film like you could i can't imagine like sitting there in like an imax theater oh, and, like really? watching this because it's just it you feel like it's just this dreamy world like i, I it's a midnight movie it like perfect Absolutely. perfect max
1: yeah
0: yeah okay so i think after this mandy goes outside again
1: there's a brief part oh. where she's reading her book oh, okay. um, oh she yeah, reads a fantasy right. novel it's a made-up mm-hmm. fantasy novel um, and she describes a scene of uh, a wretched warlock reaching into something called the fissure and grabbing the serpent's eye, which is a, a ghostly emerald light. Uh, yeah. It glows with a ghostly emerald light and it's cold and slippery like ice. And that's just a scene that she kind of reads aloud to herself alone. And then she goes on this walk. It's like the primordial sky. I thought it was really interesting the when she was... Sky.
2: Yeah, when she was, like, reading that book, like, we kind of, like, when we're looking at the shots, just, like, when she's staring, like, through the glass ceiling, yeah. and then it's, like, the sky itself, almost as if we're mm-hmm. kind of, like, bleeding this like, reality into, like, the fantasy of the yeah.
1: novel. Like, they're kind of, like, coming together two worlds. Yeah. And there's a music change around this, too. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more ominous. I'm like, a <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you guys are gonna have to forgive me in my notes. I kind of stumbled over that kind of scene. There's a lot of, like, I'd say, like, aesthetic rambling, you know? Yeah. Anyway.
1: I'll be just bringing up this one because this... It, it comes back later. Yeah. just yeah. Okay. but yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. She goes back outside in in the woods and it's stark red all of a sudden yeah and she just walks through very slowly eventually she encounters a van yeah with the antagonist of the movie inside the
2: new dawn yeah, yeah. the title jeremiah. cards are so cool the title cards oh man yeah
0: jeremiah sands yeah. is the bad guy played by yeah. uh linus roach Mm -hmm. and they just share like a really long uncomfortable moment as he you know watches her yeah and then drive by her all walking down the road yeah the title card drops of like Mm -hmm. children of the new dawn yeah oh did we mention
1: the first title card oh no oh no we didn't didn't. the first title card is a blue uh, is like right when he arrives home from his job it says the shadow mountains yeah what it's called and so that's just about the first you know 10 minutes after that up until now is what they call the Shadow Mountains section. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It is split into three acts, Mm -hmm. but they're not, like, it's not split by runtime. I feel like it's more, like, by, like,
0: theme. I wouldn't even consider them to be, like, chapters in the sense (laughs) that, like, I don't think the titles are particularly thematically linked that way. I don't know.
1: I see them as movements of, like, uh, what's what's of concern now. These, like, the Shadow Mountains is establishing... Uh, their current life and then children of the new dawn introduce a threat to that and mm-hmm. how the threat respond interacts with the world we've established is what that section is about. yeah and then we'll get to the third section yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: basically right after this it cuts right back to Jeremiah Sands like in his home or something and he's lying down mm-hmm. and he's just transfixed by the previous scene like it's an unforgettable experience for mm-hmm. him yeah and
2: he's such a little creep too he's yeah, like brilliant. i want you to get me that girl i saw yeah he's it's like, just like, to, like he's his, said, his, yeah his,
0: you know i don't want to use any labels this doesn't seem like a guy who uses labels <laughs> in his house but you yeah. know his wife his secretary lover, i his, don't know his, like
2: mother. Oh, what's her follower i oh, guess yeah. just like they're all weird
1: yeah um but we very much get to we, we learn a lot about who this Jeremiah Sand guy is, and he's... When I was first going to watch this movie, I had seen the trailer and it looked really cool. And I expected the Jeremiah Sand character, this cult leader, to be charismatic and manipulative and kind of tactful in how he talks to people. But he just acts on whatever emotion he's feeling, and it's often very selfish and negative and just self-indulgent self-indulgent thank you yeah so he gets angry very easily he belittles people he's yelling at them one of the first things he says is um mother marlene is the older woman who's in his cult that he's with and she's like have i done something wrong he's like wrong everything you do is wrong (laughs) (laughs) and yeah he's just he's not at all likable not in the least bit Oh, he's like, kind of pathetic too. Oh yeah, he's just yeah. like a
2: he's like a purebred narcissist. Yeah, like he's yeah. totally involved in his own world, and he sees himself as like this figure that could stand alongside the likes of like Jesus. Oh, yeah. and he's just kind of like I am like the second coming of Christ and all this
1: other stuff. Yeah. Like he's totally out of his mind. He has a great monologue. Many scenes later. That exposes exactly yeah. why he feels this. Yeah.
0: Well, this scene yeah. kind of reveals what the children of the New Dawn are, in this, and they're like religious fundamentalists, or, I mean, obviously not, you know, to the T. Yeah, it's like with Christianity,
2: that. but
1: like they're all on drugs. Yeah, with all the, with all the
0: drug and sex stuff. <laughs> and you they know, yeah.
1: love Jeremiah Sand. Yeah, they, yeah. They Sand. They'll do anything for him.
0: So doesn't he ask for like a particular hench, henchman to help him out? Oh he yeah. Asks
1: um, Mother Marlene to leave, and then calls in Brother Swan, who is an older guy. Right. And he walks up to Jeremiah Sand's bed and just looks at him with these bug eyes and just whispers to him very tenderly, and like, what do you want? <laughs> I'll do anything. And then he he talks about how he needs to get Mandy, who he doesn't know the name Mandy yet, he's just, is that girl, um, and asks him, let me look this up.
2: The dialogue is all very, very slow and whispery too. Yeah,
1: he asks him if he still has the horn of Abraxas, and then Brother Swan reaches into his pocket, and as he shows it, there's a flashing green light uh that we haven't seen yet in the movie over this weird rock with like some markings kind of looks like a fossil
3: yeah
1: and he tells him like oh you know what to do we'll offer a sacrifice to sweeten the deal and they like eye down one of the uh <laughs> right that's the-
0: probably what i confused him picking a henchman for. Yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so they he's sending them on a mission somewhere yeah with this horn of abraxas which just looks like a strange
0: rock we see the children of the new dawn back uh in the woods again in their van after like a little moment of bickering uh one of them takes the the rock you're talking about right mm-hmm. like uses it as a whistle or something yeah which summons a biker gang in, yeah. in all fully leather clad spikes mm-hmm. all over them we They're get
1: the ATVs ma- I think um, yeah some of them are on
0: we get told later on they're called the black skulls mm-hmm. and yeah they take a sacrifice
1: they well he first gives them a jar of gray fluid yeah it, goo uh, <laughs> this one of the bikers whose name in the credits is fuck pig it's, <laughs> it's pouring down his mouth and nose and he tells them blood for blood and then so they don't offer the sacrifice in this scene Brother Swan tells him first things first, but it seems like they've they've brought these strange four bikers from the woods and they're at their disposal now.
2: Yeah. Well they they supply them with their, you know, weird, like crazy batch of LSD. It's yeah. kinda like it's sort of established that they were all kind of, like, normal people once. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they took, like, a real bad batch of this, like, yeah. like chemical they were drug. Like they,
1: were, they were no good.
2: <laughs> they were I no mean, good they, to begin yeah. with. But, I mean, like, you know, they took a bad batch of, of something crazy. And then mm-hmm. now they're, like, they're not even human anymore. Like, they've completely gone off the rails as far as, yeah. like, what a human
1: being even is. I Yeah. I mean, if we want to talk, skip ahead to the Carruthers scene or dude we... let's let's just okay. keep it chronological yeah. okay. so, <laughs> so we don't okay. get confused you know? anybody yeah
0: back at the house with Red and yeah. Mandy
1: and at this point in the movie we don't know what this strange fluid is yeah Yeah, but yeah they mm-hmm. even
0: what these things are no, technically yeah. Yeah. but yeah they're just sitting in bed and i, I think it's like it's very blue right
1: yeah so, it's it's a dark blue light yeah. uh just in their quiet house their their bedroom is like all windows it's all like a it's a glass house i don't know if that's the idiom they're going for yeah but Uh, the
0: oh interesting uh the the black skulls like infiltrate the place Mm -hmm. and the lights just keep going dark and it flashes Mm -hmm. and i think you know this is a point where like you never get a good look at these guys which kind of keeps them in this phantasmal sort of state Mm -hmm. yeah that you don't really Understand what they are geographically, where they are in the scene.
1: Then mm-hmm. it has one of the, probably the goofiest shot in the movie of uh, Brother Lewis being taken away. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrificed, and he's like staring through the window. And one of the black skulls like puts a hand on his shoulder. And he just has this big <laughs> gasp on his face and he gets like... taken into the dog. <laughs> 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 and you don't, don't hear him at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know,
0: after this, say incapacitate Red and kidnap Mandy, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right? And then I think after this, like Mandy wakes up.
1: She wakes up, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mother Marlene and Sister Lucy, um, who are the two women in The Children of the New Dawn. And Mother Marlene is telling her that Jeremiah thinks that Mandy is very, very special and she doesn't recognize how lucky this is for her because the most valuable thing to Mother Marlene and Sister Lucy, but Sister Lucy, she's very quiet in this movie. She only has one line, um, and it's kind of shown that she's not as on board as everyone else. Like, she's still there, yeah. but we, we see in later scenes that she's definitely lessened to the sadism, Freaky, cult stuff aspect yeah. of it. But to Mother Marlene, like, she'd give anything to trade places with Mandy, and she's like a woman who's older and, yeah. you know... Probably to Jeremiah Sand, much less beautiful than Mandy. And they begin preparing her for her meeting with Jeremiah Sand. Yeah. And they have a dropper of clear fluid, which yeah. Jeremiah later refers to as the chemist's best, which this is this is LSD. Yeah. And they drop it straight into Mandy's eye. And they right. stinger with like some sort of weird wasp yes. looking thing. Yeah, they thing. pull a wasp out Crazy of a jar wasp. and it's yeah. like,
0: you know, a, a puppet, like practical effects Yeah, wasp. it looks
2: absolutely freaky, that mm. thing. Yeah,
0: they, like, inject her with, like, the wasp stinger.
2: Yeah. It's, like, this weird, like, mix of, like, different... I don't know what was, like, venom sort of chemical or whatever, but, like, there's, like, this brew of just different
1: various yeah. weird things. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, point is, they're psyching her up. For yeah. The, yeah.
0: The big meeting he's, with Jeremiah.
1: Yeah, and it's here is Lucy's only line where she says, it's all about a beautiful dream, a dream he's having... Won't you join us in that dream? Sort of showing that the LSD is something used by this cult to create that sense of unity and spirituality and just higher power. And they say it's his dream. Definitely talk about Jeremiah Sand. So I think it's it kind of speaks to the power that drugs have over people and how they will experience what's going on in their world. That's not at all profound to say. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It's a good No, but yeah, it's true that, like, Jeremiah... Uses this sort of hijacking of the senses to keep people inside his dream, the dream he's having, in order to keep them out of sight and participating in all the things that he wants them to keep doing. And I, I don't think the movie wants you to think that these would be otherwise good people if they yeah. weren't uh, with Jeremiah. But it shows that just the spell drugs as like a magic that this shaman is casting over the people around him.
2: I think it's really funny how they kind of have this belief that they've transcended awareness when really none of them have any sense of self-awareness whatsoever Mm -hmm. because like what we're seeing is just so insane and ridiculous Mm -hmm. and like even we see like later on just how kind of like stupid it all is but like they think that they're just like above everything
1: so that just kind of like again it's narcissism of the highest order yeah and they take Mandy into her living room because they've all kind of set up shop in this hall yeah. they've invaded. And everyone slumped around a couch, like, <laughs> cuddling with each other and just staring off into space. They all seem very high. Yeah. And at the center is Jeremiah, who Yeah. addresses her.
2: He's got, like, this freaky costume on. Like, he's got, like, this weird, like... It's it's so eighties. It's like almost seventies. It's yeah. just kind of like just he's, he totally sees himself like this godlike figure yeah. where he's just like I am like the Messiah
1: like mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. It's it's like a it's a robe. Yeah, know, like, that he wears around him, which makes him look like a wretched warlock that gets mentioned in, mm-hmm. in Mandy's fantasy novel. There's a lot of fantasy connections. In this movie, it's kind of a, I don't know if urban fantasy is the correct word, but it's a fantasy story that's been brought into the 80s um, with like ancient artifacts and spirits and cosmic darkness and stuff like that. So there's a lot of symbolism. Yeah. Yeah. with like jeremiah's guard in this scene
2: no absolutely and totally does like connect us back to like that sort of reality bleeding into fantasy because like even the shadow mountains it's like they didn't they could have called it the cascades but they didn't they called it the shadow mountains like everything sort of has this like fantastical like sort of aspect to it
0: right so we also learn in this scene that he, uh, before being a cult leader, he used to be, like, a folk singer, right? Yeah. And he's like, hey, Mandy, you know, check this out. And he, like, hits the needle <laughs> drop, and it's like, I don't Well, th- okay, I should mention that this whole scene has, like, a red-blue filter stacked over it, mm-hmm. where everything is just, like, super smeared.
1: All the audio as, echoes. E- yeah, yeah,
0: audio echoes. It's, it's well, meant seeing to...
1: Seeing
2: this through, like, Mandy's perspective. Exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's supposed to be t-
0: very subjective. You're on yeah. drugs, too. So, I don't know, you listen to his music, it's kind of shitty. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like
1: goofy hippie music. Yeah, yes. uh, uh, <laughs>
0: I think they're trying to, like, evoke Charles Manson or something yeah, there. Definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know,
1: what else? And, um, well, he's, he says that he was so ready to stand tall with the great, grand, glittering ones, but they couldn't realize his potential. It's making it seem like he wanted to be a, a rock artist, he wanted to be part of a label. Or not rock artist folk artist. Yeah. Um, he wanted to bring this music, but it couldn't quite. He he couldn't quite cut it. Um, people didn't like it, and it sent him to like the bottom of a metaphorical pit. Yeah. Um, and in the original script, uh, this didn't make it into the movie. He tells Mandy that she sold her soul to rock and roll, kind of saying that he wanted to bring something else to music that he thought rock and roll was destroyed it. I don't know much about the history of folk music and rock and roll, but yeah. he seems very much yeah. in opposition to it. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: it's just, it's very at odds with the, you know, Christian fundamentals. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's the whole mm. thematic. Peace yeah. and like, love of and the all that yeah. kind of stuff, only yeah. they're
2: just, like, exhibiting absolutely zero peace or love. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just insanity. In the beginning.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know.
0: He, like... You know, he makes sexual advances now. Like, he mm. takes the robe off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he tells her the story of how he believes God spoke to him. Yeah. And yeah. sent him his warm, loving light. Which kind of sounds like, this could be a joke, but it sounds like he's talking about heroin, the way he describes this feeling oh. that God gave him. It was just like, it was a main line to pure acceptance. And he, he keeps talking about heat, heat, warmth washing over him when God blessed him with his life, with his light. And tells, it's one of the best lies, Is like, he he's talked to me, he addressed me as a friend, and he said, Jeremiah, they were wrong, and you are right. So right. And then... <laughs> you got about, this,
0: you're like, you're not even reading off the of script, man. No. You got
1: this <laughs> I watch this movie all the time, yeah. <laughs> um, I've watched that scene a lot, too. It's a good scene. And it t- tells how, how he believes that God told him that he's special, and it is his... Right and kind of duty to seek out anything in this world that right. he wants and can make him feel good, and it's the duties of other people to help serve said Yeah, yeah. He yeah.
0: he's straight up got the manifest destiny shit mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. yeah,
1: and an insane superiority complex oh, yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And Linus Roach just plays those circumstances so perfectly of yeah. someone who believes that it's just there's no self reflection. It's all complete emotion and ego he has tantrums yeah because there's like well, what do you mean i should like think about how what i do affects people or that i'm one of many other people i'm the one and everyone else is a branch from the tree that i am yeah and so i if something's not going right for me that's very wrong and
2: mm-hmm. people
1: need to respond to that yeah yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah exactly and then you know he takes his robe off and does
0: yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like also, um yeah. there are all these like shot reverse shots of like oh, yeah. like super extreme close up Mandy's mm-hmm. face to oh, Jeremiah's yeah. oh, face yeah. and it cuts back and forth a point where I almost thought that they were like dissolving over each other. They aren't. They're just they mean? they have like similar facial it switches, right?
1: to but be like, it's, they're staring. He's staring her down. Doesn't blink once. It like yeah. fades into her face and fades into his face. Yeah, in this shot. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. You uh-huh. start to like, like you're like who, who's who. Like there's kind of like this weird like melding aspect to it, where you're just kind of like their face starts to look like one and the same. Yeah, it, it looks line. like the same face.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: it's like right here. Yeah, like it's shifting from his. Those are her eyes. Okay, I'm joking.
0: glad that I wasn't yeah. fucked up. I, no, <laughs> I, I was getting the story. appropriate. I was getting the appropriate. <laughs> no, you were. You were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. He takes the robe off, and then Mandy just starts laughing at him. I don't know if it's because his whole deal's so ridiculous, oh, or, she, or if his penis is just
1: small. So. Yeah, maybe
2: just as a small dick. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: he asks her to uh, you know go ahead with his exposed prick, and um, she asks him is like you made this song. and it's about you yeah and then she starts laughing at him and he he can't get his penis hard in this scene and he's like really upset and yelling at her and he's like has his hands off screen going crazy (laughs) (laughs) he looks so
2: ridiculous
1: during the scene too like i think it totally just like
2: exposes him in this moment that he is like he's not just a man. He is yeah. a pathetic man.
1: Yeah, he completely loses this, even though he, he it's sort of set up that he should have all the power in this scene. Yeah. She's the one who's he's got on the drugs. She has to join him in this dream he's made and she yeah. just completely resists and he loses his mind. Yeah, he's like shut up. He says shut up. he yells at all his followers not to look at him. Yeah like,
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: like, they all like power turning away. Yeah. Yeah they
0: Yeah, so they beat her down, right? Is that on screen or on no, screen? No, no, they don't
1: beat her up. They, on this is the last time we see Mandy's face is when she's yes. maniacally laughing at him because it's start it's like a laugh that turns into a shriek, but it mm-hmm. continues to be a laugh. It's just anger aggressive. The sound kind of is drama. so
2: distorted that it's yeah. just kind of All like right. it almost sounds like a witch. Mm-hmm. Like it's just total mockery. Yeah. Well yeah. We,
0: okay, so then we go outside. Out yeah. Yeah, where Red's been like hog tied with
1: barbed wire. Yeah. And gagged. Just outside against a fence. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. seems like this is, we haven't seen him since he got... He was in bed, yeah. petrified. Yeah, he's,
0: he's, for fear of his life, as anybody hogtied and crucified with barbed wire?
1: Probably yeah. should be. With your lady in a house with these... Freaks. Yeah. yeah. What's
2: going on. And then Sister Lucy and like Jeremiah yeah. and those guys like come out and they're just like. Yeah, Jeremiah
0: is just. He's trying to save
2: he, face at this point. He's like that little whore. Like yeah. he's totally yeah. trying to well, like he, cover up.
0: Well, he's also doing the Nick Cage so they like, you don't know what you have. Mm. Oh, you
2: don't know what love is. Yeah, I'll okay. show you love. And then mm. he has like Sister Lucy get down on her knees and like put a gun to her head. It's yeah. just, it's so they, Russian they, they do the deer yeah.
1: hunter Russian roulette scene. Yeah. <sighs> And it just kind of shows how bitter he, I think it, I interpret that as him, Jeremiah recognizing the purity that he's invaded, this beautiful, loving setting. Maybe not recognizing him, but sensing it, that there's something powerful that he doesn't understand. He resents that yeah. so much, He says, you too. think you're so in love, yeah. I'll show you love. And yeah, it's just the, the bitter response to the, the beautiful thing that he's begun to destroy
2: it's also he can't he can't even fathom the fact that he has like come across something that he can't understand Mm -hmm. because he's created this whole persona that he knows all he sees all you know like he's the master of love and everything and then he comes across what like an actual loving relationship looks like and he can't even like recognize it as what it is so Mm -hmm. he just rejects it immediately it's like oh like you don't know what this like you're doing and then he
1: you know proceeds to yeah (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then it goes to the next scene one of my favorite moments of his character is he stares in the mirror and keeps repeating again and again tell me what to do tell me what to do tell me what to do and he gets weaker and weaker and weaker and starts crying staring at himself in the mirror and then he calms down seems to get an idea a little grin on his face and says never doubt yourself so, in that scene, I think it just thought, like, I, this is a terrible night for me. Everything has gone wrong. You, me, I am God. God speaks through me. Find what's right. And he just kind of goes for the first thing that he can think of mm-hmm. that will mend this situation. Just a very primal, emotional, ego thing. And he decides, that's what I have to do. Yeah.
0: Mandy's brought out in a bag mm-hmm. and hung
1: up. In front of Red. Yeah, in front yeah. of Red. Mm-hmm.
0: Wally's chained up there, yeah. and they set her on fire, mm-hmm. and we just get, like, the close-up shot of
1: Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. You know, just Not everything. Just screaming. Just coming screaming. out of him. Yeah. There's a shot of each of the... There's a, a close-up shot of everyone in the scene. Yeah. There's a shot of everyone in the cult, except for Jeremiah and Lucy, and they all have some sort of sadistic expression. It's either, like, a smirk or a grin, one of the guys, uh, Brother Hanker, uh, is like licking his gums, like yeah. with a pointing, like pretending to shoot yeah. at her while she's on fire. And then there's a close-up of, a horrific close-up of Mandy's face yeah. falling apart. And with the other two members of the cult, there's a close-up of Sister Lucy, and she just has a very blank face, like stare at it. Yeah. And then Jeremiah is not smiling, he just has that...
2: What I thought was so fascinating was that, like, we see, like, the glow of the fire against his face, Uh but he almost looks horrified. Like, initially, when we first cut to, like, his expression, Mm -hmm. he genuinely looks, like, scared. Yeah. Which I thought was such an, like, interesting sort of, like, juxtaposition... Juxtaposition compared to like what he looked like in the previous scene like yeah. in control confident like I know what I'm gonna do And then now he looks like he's unleashed something almost
1: huh. He I think it's just probably he went with his instinct and this is the solution to his problem. Yeah, and then he's just sitting and like Marinating this in is it. how I did this is this was it I guess like I don't think he feels bad at all But what no. he's done, but he's just had a really really bad night and he's just burning his failure and watching it. His yeah. failure to get And as
2: sadistic as it is, it's almost like the most human moment that we see from him. And yeah. it's kind of just like he literally resorts to just straight up. He's like, I guess I got to murder her. Mm-hmm. And it's like as horrific as that is, it's such like a pathetically human response to like not being able to grasp a situation. It's yeah. just like, well, if you know, you can't get it, just kill it. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of interesting that he lacks that self-awareness to the point where like I think there's maybe like a glimpse of something where he's just like kind of realizing what he's done but at the same time he has zero remorse for it. Yeah. He just kind of feels bad for himself that this has gone so wrong.
1: Because after he's failed with Mandy he instantly goes to like, well she's wrong, she's the problem, she's yeah. a whore, she's disgusting.
2: Nothing's wrong with me though. Yeah. I'm cool. Uh-huh. I'm, st- I'm still I'm still Jesus guy, but like, you know Yeah, like,
1: and that him She
2: rejected into- me, so she deserves this. Yeah.
1: And him staring into the fire is just kind of like a slight reflection on like I thought this was gonna work for me. Yeah. And I've completely failed tonight. He didn't. And get I, what I, he this is wanted. the right thing to do. She is disgusting, but I think there's just a sort of guilt in that like It doesn't feel good to think that way about yourself, that you always have the right answers. And I don't think there's a reflection, I don't think he realizes it, but he just feels that kind of stale feeling of...
2: Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, she's a special one, and then the special one straight up rejected him, and he's just like Mm -hmm. distraught. It's almost like shakes the very foundations of who he is, Mm -hmm. because he just doesn't know how to deal with losing something that he wanted so badly.
1: It's kind of a depression of just like being completely self-serving. Yeah. And get doing exactly what you wanted to... Not exactly what you wanted to do, but being in complete control. And then just nothing being able to, like, make you feel fulfilled. Yeah. Because of... Yeah. Because it's not love. Mm
0: -hmm. Definitely (laughs) a very emotional... An emotionally charged scene. Yeah, a yeah,
1: performance of Nick Cage yeah. crying, staring into that
0: fire. Yeah, yeah. and from here, he kind of, you know, takes over the reins as protagonist. I don't yeah. He doesn't have, like, any meaningful screen time for, like, 20, 30 minutes before mm-hmm. this, by the way. Yeah. So he's very much, like, absent from mm-hmm. a lot of the first hour, I'd say.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, I, th- I think this happened, like, in the scene where Jeremiah was confronting him outside, but there's another artifact... It was like the dark blade of something. I forget what it was. But there's like another sort of cursed item. Mm-hmm. And when Brother Swan looks at it, and I don't know where I I was the one to make this observation. I don't know where I found it. So sorry about who I'm plagiarizing. <laughs> <But> someone <laughs> noticed that these items only blink when Brother Swan is holding them and regarding them. Oh. These magic items. Making it seem like it's Brother Swan's experience of this great power that he possesses in this family that he's found. And these magic items. So I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. It doesn't really come back. He gets stabbed in the stomach, and they don't really address it. But I think it just adds to the cosmic darkness in him that gets that builds in the movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's also just a sort of thing. It holds on Nick Cage so long, where you kind of you get to. This is what good acting is to me really is that you go from the intense visceral, visceral emotions and you just see that fade away mm-hmm. back to sort of, you know, not equilibrium. He's obviously very distraught, but.
2: It's like this quiet sort of like we've gone back to this quiet feeling, but it's such a different tone. Yeah. yeah.
1: Pain. That's interesting what you're saying. Like, so you like that he like once the event is over and the people have left, it's like realistic for him to kind of go quiet and still have the, the feeling that yeah. that moment gave him still be very real but well, like, I, I
0: just i think it's easy to say that good acting is when he's crying and yelling yeah, yeah, yeah. i th- yeah. to me good acting is when he you know how do you show all that without crying and yelling
3: yeah. which yeah. is
0: you know after it's immediate but yeah so he has to like free himself mm-hmm. so he just straight up yanks his hand straight it's, through the yeah, water yeah rough to watch oh, yeah yeah I think he like stumbles over to Mandy's the like ashes, mm-hmm. ash, the skull, and like the wind blows it away.
1: The mm-hmm. yeah. skull turns to dust. Yeah, um, dust mm-hmm. in the wind, and then Cheddar Goblin. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, no. Cheddar no. No. He Goblin. like he like instantly like uh-huh. conks
0: out on the spot, and then we yeah. get the first like dream sequence. Well, he see. Th- I think he's.
1: I think he sees Cheddar Goblin before he before, before the first animated yeah. sequence. So he he walks okay. into his house. And there's a commercial <laughs> going on, which is, like, a, an original short film, which yeah. I think got popular on the internet or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. it became, yeah. like, a big thing for a yeah. while,
0: the Cheddar Goblin.
1: And he's, like, we're just watching that commercial, and he kind of mumbles the line, Cheddar Goblin, which I is another thing that is similar to the dinosaur thing. I thought he said, you're a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, and that worked really well because... Skipping ahead to the ending, Jeremiah Sand is so goblin like in that yeah. cave. Yeah. I thought like he's just a
3: You're a, a goblin very weak,
1: evil thing. Because that's what like in fantasy that's what goblins are. They're like they're evil and they're also super, yeah. super weak. In D and D you kill hundreds of goblins it's all like, the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're henchmen. They're like, like the faceless like villains
1: that you can just slaughter mm-hmm. by the dozens. But just thought him saying you're a goblin is just like you're The most pathetic form of pure evil. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Kind of what I got, but that's not what he said according to the subtitles. It's a nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's cool though. It's a good. Yeah.
0: yeah. goblin's a good scene. It's like it's straight up an Adult Swim short. Like it's added in the middle of the movie, and I think it just it's it's salt on the wound, the sort of sense of how unresponsive the rest of the world is to you know red's pain and Mm -hmm. all that. But okay, so then he conks out and falls asleep, and we get the first dream sequence which is animated which is pretty cool
2: the animation looks so
0: cool yeah mm-hmm. i don't know it's basically just mandy in animated form just turning mm-hmm. around as her face is melting like it's yeah. in a fire she turns into a zombie yeah and then yeah. he uh yeah he wakes up
1: well i think she's uh, there's a few of these dreams sequences yeah there are a few of them all throughout She's nude in this scene, similar to the scene in the beginning of him watching her come out of right. the water and being completely transfixed yeah. by looking yeah. at her.
0: In the sort of sense, the memory's tainted. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, now it's her, but her face is rotting open. Yeah. Okay, and then
0: we get the bathroom scene after this.
1: Oh, yes, the famed the power bathroom powerhouse
0: bathroom mm-hmm. scene. Yeah.
2: It's such a shame it's been turned into, like, <laughs> such a meme I'm glad people are
1: seeing it. Well, <laughs> I, I'm glad people see
2: it, but I don't think people know, like, the no, film that it's they from. Don't. They just see Nicolas Cage,
0: well, we, like, we in his underwear. should also know that, like, Nick Cage is in, like, his go-to-bed pajama shirt yeah. and his <laughs> undies yeah. the entire time.
1: With the, There's a tiger on it, which yeah. is a symbol.
0: Yeah.
2: The movie, but... Oh, that comes in later. Mm-hmm. No, he drinks like an entire bottle of what was he doing he's, was like, he's
0: drinking vodka straight yeah. up yeah he's pouring
1: it on his gas oh my god and yeah. yeah and
0: o- over his body
1: mm-hmm. yeah and they're just yeah. screaming yeah just drinking the... more and more and more
0: yeah no you can definitely see that grief sort of process itself and in reverse turn into the rage that he was like feeding feeling yeah. earlier
1: yeah well, yeah, it's, it's crying, then it becomes anger. Yeah. And then it just becomes just a scream of agony yeah. straight up into the ceiling.
0: The bathroom's yeah. also just, like, it's a really nice bathroom, it's a cool bathroom. Like, it he's got a, cool a really cool wallpaper. It's very yeah. visually it's striking. these
1: guys lived in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's too bad. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I
0: don't know. Out of this scene, he has a sort of purpose.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got a. Well, that's when like the title, the last title card drops. Damn it! He got like another fifteen I minutes. He right? got another yeah. fifteen minutes. <laughs> uh, he
0: yeah. goes out to like a trailer out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and meets his old friend Carruthers. Right? Yeah. yeah, played yeah. By the great oh yeah, Bill Duke. Yeah, and he he like gets a crossbow from him. The Reaper. <laughs> the reaper awesome. uh, okay it says,
1: i came for the reaper
0: <laughs> right so i don't know what the relationship is here if nick cage had some crossbow hunting past before this or
1: <laughs> so there's like an implication a lot of people online have said that red is ex-military even though that isn't yeah. directly stated in the movie but in the original version of the scene Carruthers talks about how he forged the bolts for this crossbow at a at a military base And it's just kind of an implication, like, just the comfort in handing weapons to each other and just the very kind of fraternal relationship these two have, that these could be people that knew each other from military service. And also in the original version, it shows that uh, Carruthers does heroin, showing that he might be in pain. I see.
0: But yes. you know, just going through the scene kind of out of order he also he gives him the arrows, Carruthers. yeah he just like I'll mm-hmm. give him to you for free as long as you use them well right good use. yeah yeah and he gives red like some direction on where he should be going. he tells them about the black skulls biker gang mm-hmm. all the origin story stuff we went mm-hmm. through earlier. yeah yeah
1: uh, Jesus yeah there, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of great lines in that scene <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like uh, weirdo hippie types and gnarly psychos <laughs> <laughs> but uh
0: yeah i mean is that stuff we already went over We um, talks
1: about the origin how they uh it was a biker gang that was kind of infamous for like people would disappear there's a lot of stuff a l- lot of violent crimes because of these guys and they would uh run courier for a, a manufacturer of lsd and the chemist did not he he took a dislike into them and made them a special batch and they have not been right in the head since is is what he says and at the end of the scene the, the the last line he was like the last i saw those things they were in a world of pain but you know what the freakiest part is they fucking loved it yeah and so in that these characters the black skulls have married themselves to this world of darkness and suffering and it's just they've become creatures of darkness yeah. because of this drug similar to like fantasy dark magic they're like lsd yeah. demons. definitely
0: something to keep in mind you know yeah. if this is the worst that a person yeah. could be in mm-hmm. mandy universe you know how that fits with what red is feeling yeah. for the rest of it
1: and so these guys they chugged it the, the yeah. earlier scene they got a jar of this lsd and they just they downed it they love this stuff yeah. <laughs> and they
0: okay well then he goes to forge his axe mm-hmm. the beast. In, in the, oh, the beast. Yeah. In, beast in the basement mm-hmm. i don't know just i mean it's kind of a stock scene i feel like yeah
1: but it's just like it's kind of a cool like wow he just did that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah And they show like all the steps. I mean I've never forged anything. I don't know how accurate. It is an awesome looking like weapon though. Like Mm -hmm. it is crazy. That
2: thing's got the halberds straight up. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah, sports Flying everywhere. Okay. But then we get the actual title drop, the the name of the movie. Mandy shows up seventy five minutes into the movie, (laughs) which is always such a fucking baller move to to drop the title card an hour plus in. but no okay he's ready to go now I think we get him back in the forest again tracking you know the black skulls I don't know how long it's been but he's but he's found them Mm -hmm. with his crossbow and he shoots one and then he gets in his car (laughs) and goes and runs the other one over with it and it just totally like I don't know. The yeah,
1: guy who shoots is like has a full bodysuit covered in nails. Yeah. yeah. He, he like seems like he should run him over, but he he instantly just falls off of the road. The car like goes flying. Yeah, You're it just like thing.
2: flips over, yeah. Yeah.
0: It goes to a different scene after that. Any any thoughts about just the, the first blood here, the first two kills? Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't even realize that he killed that thing at the beginning. Because oh. it just like that shot of him hitting it, like it shows him about to hit him but it's like he bounces off of him yeah. that entire truck just clacks off but yeah. in the story it and i got it. A, i i killed. feel like
0: that's one of the few missteps in the movies that the first kill is not memorable whatsoever yeah. i feel like i feel like you're supposed to start big yeah. And then you can have like mid forgettable kills in the mid in the middle,
2: but mm-hmm. I kind of thought it was funny how the like the last thirty minutes of the movie almost ramps up like a video game. You have like kind of like the more forgettable kills, and then it just like builds and builds and builds and builds. No,
0: absolutely. There it the first hour is very glacial, I'd say. Yeah, almost to a fault. But it absolutely goes like full throttle. You know, Tetsuo style, <laughs> and, uh, just straight towards the end.
2: Um, Pure ultra violence. Yeah.
0: I don't know, a- after he crashes his car yeah, he and the gets guy knocked out. He yeah. gets knocked out. He wakes up in, like, the saw bathroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's He's got one hand, like, chained to a pipe or handcuffed, and he's yeah. got one hand nailed to the floor, and he's, like, watching one of these, you know, punk biker guys in the other room watch... Or, no, he's not watching porn. That's a different guy. That's yeah. a different guy. But, I don't, yeah, I don't know. One of the guys comes in and, like, taunts him and he starts crying right or... yeah
1: yeah he, f- he he gets very pathetic he yeah. has like a performance for him he's like, yeah. Oh, I'm
0: yeah i don't know he seems very much in over his head until he isn't he's he, just, he just rips the while pipe off the i think
1: while he's crying he's like yeah. messing yeah. with the pipe and trying to loosen it yeah yeah
0: he, he just rips the pipe off the wall and i don't know if he also rips his hand off the nail at the same time or but, I don't Probably. know, he, ba- he basically, like, not claw- clobbers the guy over the mm-hmm. head, and he, like, falls down this, like, infinite, yeah. like, yeah. like concrete
1: like staircase, staircase. Yeah. in the basement that he's in. He doesn't know where he is. There's, like, a just a pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that, that, maybe yeah. that's where they come from. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he uh, also, in his confrontation with this thing before he kills it, oh, no, actually, I don't... Does it actually die? Is, is well, you shirt? just see him fall down. The guy down. goes yeah, down, just falls Yeah, so yeah. we don't know if it's dead yet. Somewhere He rips his there. favorite shirt. Yeah, he his rips his <sighs> favorite Which is the shirt that Mandy was wearing before they burned her. Yeah. shirt that he walks back into the house after Mandy died and picks it mm-hmm. up. So it's Red's shirt that she the was just wearing. The, on no, is is the, one, the with... one with the tiger on it. No, this is the that not the one with the tiger on it? No, 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 no. He was wearing that that night. The one Mandy was wearing is... It's white, has black sleeves, and has a number on it. Oh, it's yeah. like
2: the sports yeah. jersey. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: and he says it's his favorite shirt.
2: <laughs> the sports right. jersey. We oh missed another God. dream
0: sequence that happened.
1: Oh, well, while he was knocked out? Yeah. Let's see what happened.
2: Which one was that one?
1: I can I have the movie. Open. The
2: dream sequences kind of like bleed yeah, into each other into absolutely. my mind. Like they all just kind of become their own thing.
1: Yeah, so in this one, it's like a shot of all these planets. And it pans down to this landscape of these jagged rocks.
2: Oh, yeah. And a
1: sparkling lake similar to the one by his house. And it keeps going down through the lake. I'm watching the movie live right yeah. now. <laughs> it actively up comes some... into sparkling. The lake gets darker and it looks more like stars in the sky. It was, it was a pretty yeah, one. It's it, a pretty it, was, it was one
0: of the prettier ones. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. After he knocks a guy down into the staircase, he gets, like, a little upgrade. He finds a box knife and, like, his Kevlar vest, which he wears for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he comes up to the porn guy. Yeah. And, like, he gets him from behind with the knife. And then, like, you know, they tumble around a little.
1: Mm. He's a great squaw. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, like, there's a shot of, like, biker topping Nick Cage in front of the TV, porn playing the whole time, uh-huh. and, and and Red, like, cuts his throat open, yeah. comical amounts of blood yeah. splatter
1: all over his face, and he is loving it. He loves it, yeah. yeah. It's a big old grin. Yeah. That blood sticks around, too. Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that blood doesn't go away.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Okay, yeah. Anything else to say about that or just... Oh, and then... It's a creepy smile, yeah? Yeah. It's
1: a freaky smile. Let's back up. I think then he... He does some of the cocaine. Yeah, he
0: blows <laughs> the fattest fucking line of yeah. all time. Like, I mean, just experience. 20 grams
1: all at once. He's definitely done cocaine in his does Wait, doesn't,
2: is, is this the scene or is it later when he, like, tries, like, a tiny it little bit? So he, he gets
1: confronted again by the, yeah. by the biker that he threw down the pit. Yeah. And somehow makes it back, breaks its neck, uh, the Bruce Lee style. It's yeah, like yeah. oh yeah, the one like, God. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a very similar thing. And then he sees... That jar of gray fluid. Yeah,
0: and he gets his axe back too.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think also his crossbow.
2: It's crazy though. Like he tries like a tie. He barely dips yeah. his finger mm-hmm. in it, and then he puts it to his tongue, and then we're in like a world of like Definitely. kaleidoscope, like crazy. It instantly, his
0: face melts. Yeah. Melts. yeah. Melts. <laughs> his face melts, Raiders style.
1: Yeah. And the that the bikers are addicted to and chug. Yeah, to it's, like, tongue. touches through his tongue, and
2: he's, like, completely, like, buzzed. Yeah, like his even eyes, his, his people go... Yeah, <laughs> even his, like, face, like, when we cut back to reality, he's just, like, like the whole, like, image is just shimmering and vibrating, and he's just, like, completely, like, out of his head. Mm-hmm.
0: The movie definitely kicks up a gear after that. Yeah. He's, he's as drug-fueled as everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. He has yeah. joined the party.
1: Yes, he has. And then uh... I don't know who it is, like GQ or Wired, but they do interviews with actors where they just go through a lot of their roles. And he said an interesting thing about this role is before he takes this drug, he was modeling his fighting very much after Bruce Lee Mm -hmm. and just kind of action movie martial arts fighters because he's he's pretty good in hand-to-hand combat as well as his weapon arsenal. And he says that after he took the drug, he modeled his fighting more after slashers like Jason. Oh, or like yeah. Fires, where he's just an impending, super strong doom that's going to catch you. Yeah. That okay. That's you. interesting. I,
0: I assumed it was the latter the entire time. I didn't notice a transition that way, but so that's interesting. Uh, that's just what he said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. I didn't even realize he was capable of Bruce Lee shit, but, yeah. you know, that's, that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, there's another fight scene after this. He goes outside. There's a guy like by his flaming car from earlier. Oh, that
2: shot looks so cool. Like the one where it's panning around and it's almost like, yeah, it looks like miniatures. Like oh, they okay. kind of they kind of shot it in a way that didn't kind of look like miniatures.
1: I mean, he's far away. It, it's, it looks like a kind of a manufactured landscape yeah. in that it's like kind of a gravel pit. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a former industrial area just where the rocks have been moved a lot by people yeah. and stacked up. And there's this, lone dark figure watching i think it's his truck that they mm. took from him watching it burn
0: then we get a fight with the axe mm-hmm. i don't know it's pretty cool he beheads the guy or no no. this is this is he throws him into the car and yeah. he catches on fire yeah he decapitates yeah, him and then uses a very his important flaming head to light his cigarette which yeah. is
2: the coolest in my opinion the coolest kill of the movie yeah because it's just like, how badass would it be mm-hmm. to, like, fucking, like, get a guy on fire, decapitate him, then use the flaming decapitated head to light your cigarette, mm-hmm. like, so, it's right. so
1: awesome. And right before he cuts the head off, when he lights the the skull on fire, and he's, like, falling down, it's laughing the whole time and repeating, she's still burning. Yeah. it gets him very, very upset and he takes that head off
0: (laughs) it's also his mission after he takes the drugs i feel is like far more intuitive in the sense that like Mm -hmm. it's not beholden to logic or continuity in that sense Mm -hmm. that he he knows where to go just without like the Carruthers exposition he got earlier he finds the chemist right
1: yeah that's my favorite scene oh really oh yeah yeah. i love I love that. Yeah. The, the, the chemist
0: is like a dude who's nude except for the apron yeah. that he's wearing. Yeah. And he's got a tiger in a cage. Yeah, he's
1: and it says this specifically in the script that he's like dipping paper in the LSD liquid with his bare hands. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah, realizes someone's there. He licks the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, Red's very intimidating in this scene. He's, he's covered in blood all over yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Just straight Red.
1: Standing yeah. in the center of the room, just staring him down. Yeah. And the first no. thing the chemist says before he's even looked at him, he goes, "It's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And turns around, stares at him and says, Jovan, warrior sent forth from the eye of the storm. <laughs> <laughs> and Jovan, it says, like, that's like a word relating to Jupiter. Yeah. So it goes back to Mandy's eye of the storm, being Red. Yeah. And just him kind of being fueled by her memory, the storm being her burning red death, and he's the warrior who's sent forth, and uh, somehow he instantly knows what's going on. The chemist when he looks at him. Yeah, it's like, oh man, they wronged you. Yeah, he has a he has a pet tiger. Yeah. He comes back again. Which in the original script, it's like a baboon or something else. Well, I heard yeah. it was a lizard. Oh. <laughs> and then
0: when he came on set, they're like, "By the way, your lizard's a tiger." <laughs>
1: Dude, that's an upgrade. Yeah. There. An upgrade, for sure. Yeah. And um chemist seems to realize, slowly realize, this, he, he, Red doesn't say a word in this entire yeah, scene. No. It's all the chemists looking at him and stra- extrapolating. And he says my favorite line where he says, You exude a cosmic darkness. Mm-hmm. Can you see that? Yeah. And then. Nicholas Cage just starts to cry a little bit with his face still. Yeah. And he tells them where to find the children of the new dawn. He, like...
0: Well, I thought, like, the tiger was leading him. Oh, oh like, like, when
2: he releases the tiger. Yeah, the, the tiger, tiger like, like, walks
0: out and turns animated. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. Or,
1: yeah. or, or, tiger or leads like, you know, to the children spiritually,
0: the, the tiger's, you know...
1: There's definitely everybody. a... Connection between red and tigers. Yeah, it shows well, because there's like the
2: animated sequence where it's like the tiger with Mandy. Yeah, and then just like kind of like tiger yeah. person.
1: He's like a furry this. yeah, I
0: mean, <laughs> and, and, animated. It's like caressing the animated yeah. tiger. Yeah, and she
1: reaches in and pulls out a glowing green emerald, like she did out of the fidget, like the wretched warlock did out of her book. Mm-hmm. grabbing the forget yeah, if they actually gave a yeah. name for it but, but you know mm-hmm. i don't want
0: to move on too fast if that's your favorite scene did you have anything oh, else just about like it i
1: just or... like how this actor just very much seems like a dude who's on i will never say on this podcast if i have done uh schedule one substance <laughs> yeah seems like someone um who is on lsd and just kind of has a divine truth that he's tapping into and is slowly figuring out exactly what's going on yeah he like gets convinced without red saying a word to release the tiger and he's, he like looks at the tiger and he's like that's Lucy <laughs> when she's calm I know it's good <laughs> and then he realizes, like oh this is I shouldn't keep a tiger in a cage that's terrible yeah and he lets her go yeah and then he realizes oh I know exactly what happened to you. Why do they have to do that? Because he's very familiar with the children because Mm -hmm. they they use his products. Yeah. And it's just that moment where he just identifies the pain inside of Red. Yeah. And like... just It's
0: just... Yeah, it's just a parent.
1: Yeah, being able to... Like, with the LSD to just tap into this energy that he's giving off. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you exude a cosmic darkness. Bloody centipedes around his feet that this guy's fascinating. I like to see the dream sequence afterwards where he gets the cold emerald orb taken out of him Mm -hmm. mandy because it's mandy that takes him out the love kind of helping him work through the darkness at least for now where the black skulls since they were all really bad people they just got consumed by the darkness yeah but he still has a piece in him this love that's overpowering the darkness for now. Yeah.
0: Any thoughts, Rowan? Or... Hey,
1: I'm I'm all good. I'm ready. Right, to oh on yeah, here. yeah.
0: The tiger leads him like to the base. Mm. He like takes a nap to prepare for the next he big falls day. Sleep by the
1: river. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's
0: when the dream happens. But then mm. you know, next day he's like perched on a cliffside, like staring towards their compound, their church.
1: On the way, he encounters or he sets up caltrops yeah, 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 yeah pops the tires of a car with i think brother swan and sister lucy mm-hmm. um and he kills brother swan because he's very much like talking to him. he's continuing to mock mandy he was like yeah. she's sure and she burned good mandy and, yeah and he yeah he it's a very good kill that he yeah. does to him he it's shoves the axe just straight kill. into his mouth mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: just it sprays everywhere mm-hmm. shooting out
1: uh, and then the movie implies that he spares sister lucy the one who seems to be as much of a victim as the cult of, of the cult as yeah. maybe not as much as mandy but
2: she doesn't seem to really want to be there yeah most of the time like it kind of felt like in each scene that she was in she was just kind of there and it's kind of like she's not supposed to be she almost in a way
1: like some hippie girl that just like
2: Watered into way, the wrong like way. club yeah. one day, yeah. yeah. I mean, we can't assume that
0: they all consent to being there. From what you know, Mandy goes through earlier. Yeah.
2: Right? yeah.
0: So after this is probably the most memorable action scene. Actually, oh, yeah. is that you know Nick Cage picks a chainsaw up the off chainsaw the ground and, find, fight. and finds a guy. But what he doesn't know is that this other guy has like a Final <laughs> Fantasy chainsaw. <laughs>
2: that's <laughs> like seven feet long. And. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, they just start dueling. They just start yeah, it out.
2: Chainsaw duel.
1: And briefly before that scene he throws an axe in another guy's head. Oh, he's trying to fall. <laughs> that's like
2: the weird guy with like the like the, the freaky Brother like him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the pointing like yeah. the, the the finger gun, mm-hmm. but he gets like a very nice like silhouette kill, like yeah. the axe goes straight
1: into like the top of his skull. Yeah. And that actor just like falls over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess
2: your
0: those definitely are slasher kills. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That, oh yeah, oh yeah. But, yeah, the chainsaw duel happens. I don't know. Like, uh, Red's chainsaw gets wrestled out of his hands and he drops it, and eventually, you know, the other guy gets the chainsaw wrestled out of his hands. Mm-hmm. He picks up Red's chainsaw, but Red, like, grabs a chain and, like, Indiana Jones like picks <laughs> him around the neck and like ties him around. Yeah. And just like hauls him over to the Final Fantasy chainsaw, yeah. which just like gores him from yeah. the inside yeah.
1: In like and rags so him straight through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was one of the
0: more interesting special effects shots to me. How it just keeps going.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, it didn't stop. He yeah. just held him there, and you're just mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, you're just gonna." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't go so far as like to actually bisect them. This is an indie movie, of course, yeah, and that yeah. would be expensive. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. At this point, there's two people left. There's Mother yeah. Marlene, the old yeah. lady, and the big guy Jeremiah. Yeah, you yeah, have any they,
0: thoughts on the Mother Marlene scene? That was like so gonna... he
1: ventures into this church frame temple. Yeah, yeah, and then s- somehow like oh. It, I can't tell if he's opening a secret door or not. There's just a very quick scene where he's like looking around and starts descending stairs behind a, a podium. Yeah, and then walks through this subterranean cavern, and it, it's like a goblin's cave. It's like yeah. dark, cramped and dark. Yeah. I'm like, this is not a this is not a holy place, yeah. and he keeps walking through until he finds a very strange room where there's a mural of. a a tropical beach in the background and then mother Marlene approaches him and there's a very very gross scene (laughs) or not it's just it's creepy it's I want to say gross where she's talking about how I'm the best lover that Jeremiah has ever been with due to my sensitivity and basically offers like if you don't kill me I'll show you an amazing time physically that scene kinda just ends doesn't really show what happened until we moved to Jeremiah's room, and then Mother Marlene's head. Yeah, decapitated head. They <laughs> just showed her desperate, depraved attempt to save her skin, and it yeah. doesn't work on Red. Okay. Well,
2: I mean, Mother Marlene and Jeremiah both have, like, the exact same, like, mm-hmm. attempt at trying to, like, save their lives. Oh, yeah. Because, like, well, later, later on... <laughs> like, you know, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah.
0: Is they red... Jeremiah Sands, they have their big confrontation mm-hmm. and it does not, there's no attempt at an action scene here. No. Sands, he just basically imme- immediately understands what he's up against. And he starts so, by yeah. trying to, like, delves. he says, you can't hurt me. Yeah.
2: yeah he's so sure that... He goes back into his, like, narcissism, and then, like, slowly throughout the conversation, he, he, like, loses control of, like, Uh he realizes,
1: like, I'll suck your dick, man. He he (laughs) very much has the goblin thing going on that I was noticing. He's, like, hunched over. He's wearing just a loincloth. He's showing his teeth, and he's talking with his voice like this. (laughs) And uh, I just said, he's a gross creature, and he's just talking about how powerful he is. And then Red grabs him by the head and goes... And then as he said, he said, Oh, I blow you, man. Oh. <laughs> and then after he says that, he says, No, I don't kneel for you. You kneel for me. And he's just like, Yelling more and more.
0: Well, aren't they like dueling in doctrine
2: at this point? Almost? yeah. Oh, like she like, has. Red
1: hasn't said a single word. Yeah. So far. Yeah,
2: Red's just there. Like this is all Jeremiah. And he's like
1: you kneel to me. I don't know what he says directly before, but Red goes in a distorted voice. Yeah. To like like a demon. <laughs> I'm your god now. <laughs> and then squashes his head with his big yeah. hands
0: one eyeball pops out oh,
1: yeah. uh, it's, it's a such a gross head. effect <laughs> oh, my God. yeah i really like the fact that a lot
2: of the kills kind of like reminded me of like old 80s horror movies just like the way that they did the practical like heads and the, like the prosthetic effects and stuff mm-hmm. it totally like that's why i was so surprised when you said it was a digital like film is because mm-hmm. i like it feels like a like, it was filmed on a film yeah. reel. Like, it just okay. feels so 80s in its essence. Yeah. I, I absolutely don't...
0: Well, I, I'd say this movie definitely uses a digital camera in a way that couldn't be replicated on film. With the, there, like, Yeah. Throughout, there's a lot of, like, the haze of it. The, like, multicolored, pixely swirl over everything. That yeah, that's true. Really cool, but... um. That's besides the point. Yeah, I don't know. He kills Jeremiah Sands, and it's he kills. Yeah, a lot of revenge thrillers would maybe make the point that like, was it worth it? Was it worth it? He loves
1: it. You know. I don't know.
0: Well, How a, 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 a scene two or two from now, I don't know.
1: So he he lights the temple on fire. Yeah. Walks out, gets into one of the hippies' cars, stares off. forward, and then he like closes the door, and there's some silence in the car, and then you hear Mandy's theme slowly yeah. fade in mm-hmm. as he just stares forward. And then...
0: We get like a flashback yeah. of like them, like, a flashback you know, wearing, uh, meeting at a party, presumably. He's wearing
1: his favorite shirt yeah. mm-hmm. at this party, smoking a cigarette, and then he looks up, and his eyes lock with Mandy, and the implication is for the first time, yeah. and these beautiful lights start hitting his face, and he's just completely transfixed the same way he was at the beginning by the lake, the same way he's obsessed with her face in these dreams, and then this shifts into her. He's driving the car now. She's in the passenger seat, yeah. and he turns, and it's his old self in his favorite shirt completely clean on the same night yeah. that yeah. he met her driving this car. It looks towards her, shows her looking back, and then it shows him on the night that we've been on completely covered in blood. yeah, yeah. The biggest grin on his face. Yeah, that freaking probably grin. If you've seen pictures of this movie, you may yeah, have seen Yeah, it's probably, probably picture. the movie. Yeah. The yeah. picture... I didn't realize that
0: was the final shot. I figured yeah. that was like
1: so... Some... Oh. The final yeah. is not the well, not yet, but, you know, yeah. no, almost yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end, yeah. And then he turns forward, and as he's turning his head, like, at the same pace, his smile fades. And then he's just driving off. And then there's a the final shot is zooming out, showing the world that he's driving in is the same as these animated fantasy landscapes that he's been dreaming about. Yeah. And there sounds seems to be some sort of roar. And I thought it was the roar of a dinosaur when I first thought that you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a dinosaur. dinosaur! You dinosaur thought this was dinosaurs in me. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was cooler that way, a little bit. It's still good, but you know. Yeah. Kind of made Mandy seem like a bit of a drug to him where while he's his life's completely messed up he may if this is all real he's probably going to get found out and go to prison forever for mass oh, yeah. murder. harder <laughs> yeah but he's any he, when he looks forward down the road it's a complete scowl but when he looks to the side when he like gives himself this little pocket this escape yeah. where he can turn to his driver's seat and pretend he's seen mandy mm-hmm. a fake sort of sense of security something that drugs can give you
2: yeah
1: it's the most beautiful feeling ever and it's the biggest smile you've ever seen him make yeah and he has that option to go there temporarily but then he has to look forward, focus on the front of the road yeah, and get back into the dark reality that he's sealed himself into
2: it's a very hard cut i like when i was first watching it because you have like this big grin and then he like looks back and then it like cuts to like we have this like shot on like the like the front of the car and it's just like he's just like totally stone-faced oh yeah and it's like this very like it's almost like a smash cut yeah so yeah it definitely kind of like lends us this sense of just like loss that he kind of like we haven't really been able to like breathe since this moment like we had like mandy you know her death and then like this last hour of the movie has just been like bombastic violence yeah mm. and this is like the first time where it's like we're kind of back to that like quiet sort of vibe, like when the Mandy scene comes back for like the first time since the beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. It's this like very depressing full circle moment and that we've kind of like, he's succeeded, but at the same time, he now he has actually nothing. He doesn't even have like like a goal or like revenge or anything that he can carry out to like, Mm -hmm. to make any of this better. Like now he literally has nothing. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Those last few cuts hurt.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: in the sense that, you know, we see, like, Red, pure of soul, I guess. And he, you know, looks towards Mandy, who who's, like, this allegory of compassion. She, mm-hmm. you, know, even, you know, from a young age to a fault, she couldn't hurt anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she's been killed, and he's trying to avenge her. And, you know, the way, you know, she looks back at him and then seeing him how he is now
2: yeah mm-hmm. like
0: spiritually they're like incompatible at this point mm-hmm. which i think is really what hurts about the revenge trip is that by the time he's gone through all this like they're not similar people they're not compatible in that way And the in the memory of her can't live on in that way i don't i don't know, you
1: know well, yeah. his revenge spree is never once justified in dialogue it's just yeah. this is what i'm doing yeah talks to Carruthers to get the stuff to do it Carruthers gives him some advice and then from there it's just him doing it there's no reflection that's yeah that's the end of the movie roll, roll the credits movie. I mean, yeah
0: now that we've got like all that out of the way any like large all-encompassing mandy thoughts that you didn't get to before
2: like... all-encompassing mandy thoughts i thought it was really great and if you guys end up watching beyond the black rainbow you'll notice this but the one of the ending scenes, like almost the end, not quite the end, but the ending scene of Beyond the Black Rainbow is the exact same as Mandy, but for like a different character. Okay. So it's the same car scene looking over at the passenger seat, only instead of, and I think I was trying to like find a way to connect it to Mandy because I knew like in an interview with um, with the director mm-hmm. that he said that there were a lot of like thematic sort of like crossovers so I was trying to like figure out something like super yeah. deep and meaningful to say I don't know if I've, if I've got it but basically in Beyond the Black Rainbow you know like at the end we have this doctor and he's trying to like find uh like the girl like she's run away and he's like trying to find her and then he like looks over to the passenger seat and it's a different version of himself but it's like he's got like his hair back his eyebrows because this experiment in 1966 really fucked him up like he's bald he's got like these bleached eyes he looks like some sort of weird human like not even really human and he's looking over at like his human self and his human self tells him like you're doing so so good And it just reminded me like when i watched mandy and i saw like the end of the film it like reminded me so much of like that ending scene of just kind of like almost like before we get to like the final like revenge kill of like mandy kind of going through and just kind of like doing these things and like committing these like gruesome acts of like violence in the sake of for the sake of love and I don't know, I just think that kind of the crossover is, is sort of interesting and in that we have like these two very broken characters that are both searching for something that they've lost, obviously in different contexts. Yeah, it's sad. It's very much like the way that he portrays broken people is sympathetic, but not in a way that most films kind of like try to have the viewer to like have empathy with these characters like it's a different way of approaching revenge and violence and like how we should feel about these people because we don't we're sitting there and like there's this cathartic feeling like we feel like what has been done is right sort of but then at the same time when we like think back on it we're just
1: kind of like wow that was a lot it's not really judgmental about it It says like this is revenge here it is yeah happened it happened i did it yeah, because it's funny, away. like, we were
2: talking about, like, the subjective perspective that this film kind of goes through. But, like, when it presents this violence and revenge, it's almost, like, from an objective, like, point of view. And that the the violence that we're seeing, it's, like, you could either see as, like, cool and badass. Yeah. Or it's just kind of, like, violence. He's just killing dudes. Uh-huh. Like, there's, there isn't really... like an emotional payoff to any of those scenes like we're just kind of like watching like just like gruesomely like just like just destroy these guys but there's nothing that we're sitting there and like taking away from it other than you know
1: the face value
0: how about you sam you got any all-encompassing
1: mandy thoughts just the kind of withdrawal of the love that he had for mandy just that getting taken away from him because it's Implied that both of them have come from kind of rough lives. There's uh, a, a deleted scene where the sheriff comes to mess with them when they go to the gas station and he talks about both their pasts. And just very mockingly, says that Red's an alcoholic and Mandy seems to, it's like, she has a big old scar on her face. She came from an abusive household. And the sheriff talks about, she's like, at least his perception is that, the word around town is she's been with many, many men um which you know no no judgment to anyone but like it could be a symptom of a lot of discomfort in personal relationships and yeah. being able to build something healthy with someone but the the fact of finding that peace and having it so brutally ripped from you and his reaction to it it's not really a thing that is like a logical uh conclusion to that but it makes so much sense to him and i don't think the movie has any spots in between where there's a moment to breathe and think about what's happened it's okay i gotta get out of here i'm gonna sleep a bit i'm gonna wake up realize what happened get really drunk heal myself up get my weapons and let's go yeah there's no like okay, now I have to do this. It's, we're doing this. Yeah. That's what has to happen.
2: It does feel like the motivations are one note, which yeah. I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Not at all. Like, but... I think the way that the movie handles it in and of itself is nuanced, but mm-hmm. that the actual, like, acts and, like, what we see is kind of one note and that, like, we're basically just, like, watching, like, what you're saying. It's just like... Uh, chronological like sequence of events. It's like dominoes, mm-hmm. you know? Every yeah. single one like falls after the other, and there's like nothing really outside of that. It's like this will happen, this will happen, this will happen because this happened, and it's just kind of this like, until the it goes through, end. until we get to the end, and then when the final domino falls, that's like when we're like sitting in the car, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of like, there's nothing but to look back.
1: Because it's all we have left. It's one of my favorite shots that like just gave me the most chills, and when he like stumbles out of the um, out of the temple and gets back in the car, settles in, and it's kind of a warmer light inside. Yeah. And then just the very peaceful Mandy's theme. That's probably my favorite thing in the soundtrack. I love Mandy's probably theme. Probably the most recognizable. But it slowly fades in, and it's just now it's time for me to think about what's happened. Yeah. Now that I've done this. I don't know. I think the movie just paints an interesting portrait of processing things in that order and doesn't really make a conclusion at the end. It just shows that he's still completely elated at the thought and dream of Mandy, but where he is now is still hard and miserable. And I don't know. I can't really... I don't know if what the movie thinks would be different if he didn't go on his revenge streak and uh just decided to initially reflect. I don't know what that would look like, but you know, this is the story that the movie shows and I think it's just a very human view of what it feels like to go on these crazy movie killing sprees and fulfill your destiny within the story and what that revenge will actually achieve. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't really answer that question, but it shows that there's a very I think they just show someone sitting with that very, very well.
2: Yeah, and it kind of leaves most of the processing to the viewer. Yeah, It's kind of like, we come out of this, it gives us a few minutes to sort of like calm down, like get quiet again, Mm -hmm. and then it ends, and then like we're like, I remember like the first time I watched it, I watched
1: the credits all the way through. There's no music in the credits. No, it's just
2: silence, Mm -hmm. and you're like, you're just watching. That's great. And you're just kind of like it's almost like the film has intentionally left all of like the reflecting to you. Mm. It's just kind of like, okay, this is everything that happened, everything that you've just like witnessed over the past two hours. Now you get to sit with it and mull over it and Mm -hmm. like contemplate it. And it's just, I think that that's such a cool, it's not even that ambiguous. It's not like we get to the end and it's open-ended. It's just kind of like it gives you this finality and then it's like, all right, now, you know, just
1: and there's also a parallel between red and sand, yeah, in terms of their reaction to this loss. Of what was so important to them, Red being his love, Jeremiah being his ego and sense of yeah. being yeah. so special, and their what they choose in the face of that is destruction.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a you know a, a toxic masculinity sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, both of them are parallel in that way, like you said.
1: Um, Just the the option for destruction being so fast is similar to how I was talking about how there's no reflection in Red before he goes on his spree. Jeremiah seeks desperately for an answer and the answer that he looks for is whatever he feels initially should be right to do and he's satisfied with that the very surface level destructive impulses yeah. that men can feel in the face of pain
2: well because for him it's easier to look within than yeah. outside and, yeah <laughs> and anyone else, and anyone else. <laughs>
0: but um yeah I don't know Rowan and I had been, you know, formulating this podcast together for quite a while. Yeah. But you, uh, like, hit up the Instagram looking to join. I think you said that, like, this movie. Insp- you're an actor. I am in, an actor. And yes. You said that this movie inspired you in some way, or that is there any I, like I mean, any I, artistic decisions being made here that maybe you put into your own work? Or well, I
1: mean, just what I saw at the beginning. I I I think that everyone does what they do very well. I don't think there's like a lot i've specifically taken out of this movie for my own uh stuff just because yeah i guess it just hasn't really come up but i i love oh, what's who plays mandy i'm so terrible andrea riseborough Andre, yeah um she's great uh nicholas cage is obviously great linus roach is very great i think everyone does very very well Especially, uh, I think Carruthers is uh, oh, yeah. Duke. His little scene. He just has such a. I have since watching this movie, like looked up him, and because he has a lot to say about acting, he's he's been a teacher as well. Because um, I just when he speaks, he has such a comfort with his words, and he he very much takes you to he, he. It's a little weird at some point, like. I loved the uh, that might be the wrong word, but when he, when he goes like, but you know what the freakiest part is, (laughs) I just think he, I didn't even do it well, but the way he does it just kind of, I've tried to seek that comfort. Um, and that just been able to kind of ride the wave of what you're feeling in my own work. And I've also some stuff Nicholas Cage has said, uh, that I've looked up in interviews, uh, watching this movie. He says that a lot of his method involves finding the movements and the steps, like, using logic to figure out what this character should be doing, finding a comfort within that, and then letting the emotion completely free. And that's what I see a lot in the bathroom scene, where he's drinking and screaming and going through so much emotion And this... It's very choreographed-looking, probably. I don't know if it's completely improvised, maybe it is, but... He looks like there is comfort in what he's doing, but he's letting his emotions go completely free because uh, it seems so visceral and real, what he's doing in that bathroom scene.
0: No, I, I mean, that's interesting, you know, that maybe as an actor, like, the bit parts stand out a bit more. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rowan, I mean, you're, you're a filmmaker too, right? Yeah. They're They're not quite at the Mandy level, right?
2: Or... No, not quite yet, but, uh, yeah, no. I mean, I... I don't know. It's so funny because I've never, like, approached storytelling in the way that Cosmatos directed this movie. But it does, like, make me want to sort of create something like this. Not necessarily in, like, the exact visual or, like, um, sort of, like, like sensory style of Mandy, but kind of, like, it's a film that doesn't rely on the plot or the dialogue to like function as like a piece of art. Like it is a completely just by itself, it is like emotions expressed through the senses. And I think that that's such a cool way of sort of like making a film and that, you know, so many films sort of like use the characters and like the dialogue or like monologues or like all this other stuff to kind of like make their points. Whereas like this film, it just is the point by itself it doesn't need anything else no accessories nothing else kind of like added on to it it's just been made in this completely sort of self-contained space and i think that that's really really cool and inspiring as a director definitely that it was shot on digital yeah because i was just kind of like i'm never gonna make a movie look this good and now knowing like what is possible with like that visual medium? Oh, it's yeah. just like it's so so cool. Cause he did make a movie like look like it was from the eighties, yeah. filmed in twenty eighteen. <laughs> no, you should look it up.
0: Cinematographers yeah. uh, Benjamin Loeb, he did I after see. Yang and Dream Scenario that came oh, out a couple of months ago. Oh, heck, he's the same so, guy. Yeah, same guy.
2: Okay, I I saw after I haven't seen Dream Scenario I know, yet. Yeah,
0: I don't know. He's uh, a he's a great worker. He's yeah, like his stuff
2: yeah no it was great it definitely is like the perfect sort of collaboration between like a composer a cinematographer a director and the actors like it just feels like a completely like it's a complete film like when you get to the end like yeah you could say that there were like a couple things you had an issue with or maybe it was too slow or whatever but like when you get to the end it feels like a complete experience like when I got to the end even when I was just like watching these silent credits like it's this feeling that I've never really gotten with any other film, where I, I kind of like got to the end and I was like, "Yeah, that was just that was that was that that was Mandy," and it's just it it feels like its own thing, and I love that so much.
0: All right, anything else? Or are you guys kind of ready to wrap this up? I think so. Yeah.
2: I think we're good. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. You want to do any plugs? What you're working plugs? on? Or...
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm Sam Neer. I am a semi-professional actor and drama student at UW uh if you're anyone who hires actors um or a director any any someone like that you can find my info at sam or on instagram where I, I post a lot about what's going on in my career at here. hell
2: yeah
0: you're working on a short film rowan, i'm working right?
2: on a short film right now i'm rowan tall i'm a very not professional uh, student filmmaker but that's okay because we're getting into it uh working on my first I've directed a few films in high school, but, you know, when I say directed, it was, like, me and a camera op and an actor. So we can't really call it that. But uh, this is the first time that I've ever, like, been in charge of a cast and a crew with, like, real sets and all that kind of stuff. It's called Sincerely. It's a horror film. It's got a demon. It's got catfishing and online dating. And it's got a birthday party. So it'll be on the Lux YouTube channel sometime in the spring, whenever it's finished. We're in the midst of filming right now, but it's going pretty well. And then I'm hoping after this to get into some analog horror, because that's like my favorite type of horror is analog horror. And to my knowledge, no one in Lux has ever done an analog horror film before. So if I can be the first in something, then I will have succeeded in all of my life goals. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And I also got a plug, you know, Film Club, Rowan's a Writer for us too. Uh,
2: I'm still writing the review to Society of the Snow. It should be done by the end of the week. Oh, trust
0: me. That'll be (laughs) out like several months before I finish editing this. um, All right. Well, if that's it, uh, thank you for listening. If you want to be on the podcast yourself, you're more than welcome to come to club and meet me. But uh, otherwise... That is it. Thank you for listening to the Mandy podcast.
1: Come to Film Club.
0: Yeah, come to Film Club. All right, bye. Peace.